0: On this week's show, we have a great time with our indie of the week. free builds a fort, and Ben is undaunted with an upcoming board game. All that, and we even have a chance for one lucky subscriber to win the Kilty Moctarius box when we hit 100,000 subs, we're a little less than 800 away at the moment, so to be able the chance to win, you just need to be a subscriber to the channel. so go ahead, hit that button and then sit back and relax because we're going through a week's worth of gaming news. Your weekend starts now. Hello everybody, we are back once again for another walk through seven days of tabletop gaming goodness and I'm joined by Ben, Justin and Free this week. Before we kick in to a jam-packed show, uh, I thought I would mention a couple of interviews that went out recently. Um, We have been talking to the guys from Firelock Games and they are working on two RPGs, one of which is Under the Black Seal and the other is war stories so i have uh, sat down with both designers and you can have a wee look at those um world war ii and age of piracy rpg interviews Mm. uh, because we will be having let's plays coming up we will um, be i believe I believe they'll be coming out in September, and the RPG should be hot on the heels of the let's plays as well. So, if you've any interest in dabbling in either of those periods, um, especially the Age of Piracy, it's not a, a period that is rife in the RPG market. There's quite a few, uh, yeah. plenty War of II romanticized RPGs.
1: versions of, them, but, <laughs> yeah, or uh, fantasy versions. Yeah,
2: but uh, the nice thing about these, and I think you talk about these, in, this in both the interviews, is that much like a lot of the things that Filok do, they're very historically like grounded yeah. in that respect. Because um, obviously they take the flavor of those periods, but they also have like been meticulously researched by the team behind these games, which is really cool. So see,
1: what, one of the, the key features that jumps out for me from both games is having a NPC pool. So that if your character gets knocked out or is out for a session, you can actually take control of the NPC and have them step up. To go nice. to the party which is a nice feature
0: it's it's certainly di- very different and like i say it's well worth people jumping in and having a look at those interviews to see uh what they make out of it themselves they're both going to be using the same mechanical system they're both using the year zero mm-hmm. so simple enough system to get in but the the guys at firelock have obviously been working away in the background tweaking and adapting it to make them all that they can be well worth watching for those mm-hmm. however it's now time for the most important part of the week. <laughs> it's time for Indie of the Week. And this week, I've decided to go all counters and paper and hex mappy on you. I know. Mm. We're going yeah. top level. Mm. Well, could be. Uh, we're going uh, across the pond to GMT, mm-hmm. uh, who are a purveyor of fantastic games. All the games that's fit to print. Um just literally all the games more or or less (laughs) all all of them (laughs) Um, there There are hundreds i would say um if you go over to the gmt website and you just go to i'd like to see all your games please you'll see there are mm, 497 results (laughs) (laughs) now
3: that's a lot of games. That is a the game. They've
0: not been slacking. Yeah. They, no. they do not rest on their laurels. Uh some you may notice are either made to order. Some are not uh currently in stock. However, we'll get back to those later on. Uh but if you if you do fancy taking a look here, um there's a whole host of games that you can sort of jump in on and, and have a look at. I've picked out a, a few of my favorites, um, but we may have a, a wee troll through some of the others because they do a spectacular breakdown of things like uh, games by designers, which you can see it's not wow. a small group of designers. Uh, some may have more than others, but they generally tend to be, uh, the highest level or the highest quality they can be it's been fresh in my mind because i've been watching a friend um replay some ancient battles with spqr recently Mm -hmm. this is one of their i wouldn't say it's one of their flagships but certainly one of their their most well-known this is volume two of uh great battles of history i think it goes up to like 15 volumes uh, and they're not all roman so you know it, it starts with um Greek and, and goes through Roman and into medieval and all sorts. So these tend to be sort of hex maps. Uh, this deluxe edition contains uh, some of the supplements that they've done separately in the past have been sort of folded in, seen play. But this is a a proper sort of top-down, old-school um, hex encounter map.
3: I mean, SPQL has been around for a while, is not it? Especially being the fact that it's in its fourth but, edition now. Well,
0: yeah, this is this is the fourth edition. Wonder if I can bring up some of these to show you. So when you <laughs> get it, you get apart from you apart from all the counters, you get the maps for specific battles and encounters, and it awesome. tells you how to place them and how to set them up. Um hmm. formations that they would have used. And and this is while it's a large part of uh GMT's sort of catalogue or the the Hex encounter battles. Um it's not the only thing they do. The SPQR and, and the great battles of history, uh, there's a second slash supplemental set, uh, which is uh, I think Great Battles of, see the Great Battles of America or Great Battles of the American Civil War. I can't remember if it's multiple, like War of Independence and that sort of thing. But they have a, a whole set of of games within um, the American Civil War as well. So very nice that there's a outstanding amount of stuff in there. But they haven't just done the likes of the ancients. You've also got your more popular ones with your um command and colors, which again is another massively well known um set of rules. And this is also on its fourth printing. Mm-hmm. Some of these games will be more expensive than others because of the amount of components in there. Um but there's also a quite a nice thing they do on the GMT website is before you start hitting the description, you get load of resources that you can go looking at which will include things (laughs) like third party do your um, homework first well Um, yeah (laughs) there's all the rules and scenarios but then you also have tactics cards um articles both from gmt themselves and from other people and a lot of times you can just go and watch let's plays and that sort of thing and then it will get into the description of what you actually are looking at um so this is my particular favorite it's not on every page for every game Um, but they have started adding it to more and more games. So you can see Uh at a quick glance, the complexity level on the left. So Command & Colors is medium complexity and then the Solitaire uh, suitability on the right. So some of them obviously are right up the top because they have a solo mode. Other ones require some massive bashing to get them there or other ones Mm -hmm. are completely unplayable solo. Mm -hmm. Um, But Command & Colors is a a gorgeous game from Richard Borg. It's Uh, very much like a, as you said, like the flagship thing, I think a lot of the people that are considering like, oh, GMT, ah, Command & Colors. Command and Colors, these, yeah. yeah. And it's it's all about, I suppose, SPQR has very specific maps, mm-hmm. uh, as do all the, the great battles of history, where they are specific to a location and a scenario in time. Command & Colors has those scenarios in the book. But when you're playing, you're playing on the same flat hex map and then you're putting... Um, hex tiles on to give you yourself the um terrain in question so it's not as specific but command colors is more about army maneuver Mm. um so it, it does a very good job of recreating to a certain extent like an abstraction of a battle but then you've got your left right and center um and when you're playing you're moving those depending on card drawers so um it works a bit differently from some of the other games where you may get to move everybody in a turn or you, you're moving them on a, a certain amount of action points. So you get the choices in this one. It comes down to sort of card draft. So you have a hand of cards, and then it's up to you to decide how to uh, how to go about moving things around. The one of the, it's
2: one of those nice games, I think, in their collection that kind of fills a couple of different sort of criteria mm-hmm. in that it's a really nice entry point for a lot of people that want to do a lot more wargaming in this yeah. style on the tabletop, because you know the ease of the rules is a little, it's a little easy if you dive into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on top of that. It's also got a nice thing in there for those people that kind of want to play war games but don't particularly want to play paint miniatures. No, <laughs> I Because you, you can be like, ah, instead of, you know, uh, having to paint lots and lots of miniatures, I've just got these lovely little wooden blocks that have nice illustrations on them. And because it covers such a wide range of different things, yeah. you can really have fun with that because like they, they do specific sets that are themed around maybe a particular Roman battle or yeah. the entire period of Napoleonic history, as we're seeing here, which is really cool. The other nice thing as well, if you do like miniatures. As I've seen plenty of plenty of people on like Board Game Geek or whatever that have then taken little 10 mil models and then oh. used them in place of the different miniatures, uh, the built, uh wooden blocks and stuff as well, which is really yeah. cool. So. I-
3: uh, yeah I just want to literally add to what you said Ben in terms of like if I was to look into kind of wargaming to an extent of this I do mm-hmm. like the option to have the little kind of character blocks as it were yeah. because it doesn't force you I think something that I find quite daunting in getting into kind of historical wargaming is painting up a whole army before I get there mm-hmm. and having the option to do to dip into it see if I enjoy it see if it, before committing to having painted a whole army before mm-hmm. having committed to having everything out on the table yeah. I can try out as much as I need to as well so I really do mm. like that mm. it's a great way to get people in mm. no, no,
1: it's, it I'm just I'm noticing the, the weight on it it's five kilos five <laughs> kilos of game
3: Ooh. you get a lot of
1: wooden
0: blocks in there
3: <laughs> Jerry did say all the games and by all yeah. the games you mean all of the games
0: yeah, yeah. yeah I, I will say at no point have GMT ever skimped no. On the quality no. or production of any of their games, so you're you're not going to find flimsy cardstock in these. That's
1: great. Um, yeah. yeah, but it explains why it's eighty dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're very much the um, like the go-to
2: if you really like doing two-player stuff. Hmm. Like obviously, a lot of war gamers enjoy two-player games anyway because that's the nature of wargaming. Any uh, as it stands, but like if you like lo- if you like playing a lot of war games. Or at least board games mm-hmm. in in this respect, with just yeah. another person, maybe your partner or something. Yeah. These are really really good for that because they give you that really nice challenge. But they also play around with the the scope of that as well, because you can always go off and maybe like you know switch forces. Or if you're going to get one of the larger games, you can also then add to that with all of extra pieces and then play around with like what if scenarios and that kind of thing as well. So there's a lot of depth to the game. It's not just kind of like a one and done thing where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I played the Romans versus Hannibal, that's that. There's yeah. lots of things for you to play around
3: with in yeah. it, which is really cool. So I, I think, as, literally, as you're going by this, Jerry, I'm, I'm, I think, and again, another issue that I tend to have is finding a particular era in time of historicals mm. that I would find interesting. By the looks of it, they've got everything here. You know, I don't <laughs> think I would oh, yeah. suffer finding a particular period of time that would intrigue me. And, and well, it sure. doesn't.
0: It doesn't have to be you know specifically historical battles as well because they have things like space empires and dominant species dominant species is fascinating
4: you know, wow
0: so so you too can uh yeah. try to try to be all that you can be in the battle for evolution and, nice. um, ruffle stump those terrible little meerkat like rat human things <laughs> come in time wizards forever
3: just wrapped um, everything yeah.
0: yeah and again you can see here's another prime example where you've got all the online resources and the reviews Mm -hmm. up the wazoo Mm -hmm. um so you know sometimes you'll you'll run into problems with games or websites like this where they have a lot of games it doesn't show you everything or maybe it'll have like a version of the rule book and people are going well you know but what do people actually think is it any good yeah they have absolutely no problem in going you want to know what it's like here's what all these people have thought of it so you know you can go off and see for yourself exactly yeah. what's going weirdly, on weirdly i've remembered that i have actually played this game
1: <laughs> yes. hey, <go> see. <laughs> I've,
0: I've played something
1: similar but not this i also stood and go. watched i've stood and watched people play twilight
2: uh, struggle as twilight well struggle yeah because I could not, for love nor money, get my head around exactly how to play it, but I had a very good time watching people play mm. out the Cold War, which was nice. So yeah,
1: which is what yeah. you want, life. If yeah. I, if I had to pick one to play, this would be it.
0: It's Yay! it's very fun. It's very fun. It's it's a bit different, but it's it's very fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, to- sorry, go ahead,
1: Justin. Uh, honestly, it's just it's the idea of just taking on a subset of you know amphibians, arachnids, yeah, yeah, birds, yeah. whatever, and seeing, you know, how can you evolve yourself to basically mm-hmm. murder and munch everything else? <laughs> Unless you're going to be a herbivore like Ben probably would be.
0: You know, herbivore's got to start somewhere. <laughs> <knows>?
3: you <laughs> one day, you
0: know. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, apart from that, um, one of the other ones I picked out for, I suppose, novelty value, uh-huh. or just to show that it's not all war, 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 Thunder Alley. So, thunder alley is a, a essentially a nascar style racing game <laughs> um where you play mobile. two to oh, i think it's two to seven players nice um cool. but each player is a team of three cars so it's not about first past the post it's about where your team finishes so you could blitz everything forward, get your car past, And meanwhile, your other two have blown out their tires or have exploded all over the track, and then mm-hmm. you don't make the, the winner's circle. Um, so you've got this interesting combination of race, but also uh, resource management, making sure that people pet, making sure that you've got the right tires on them at the right time and that sort of thing. And it has mm-hmm. some interesting sort of mechanics regarding movement and the like as well um yeah. It's not just put your foot on the accelerator and go around in a circle, <laughs> although we all know that, is it? But there are um, there <laughs> are comes a lot the American <laughs> way. <laughs> oh, you're not giving me those. Why are oh. you giving me those? Uh, as someone like I, I've played Formula
2: oh. D, which is uh, another very famous racing board uh-huh. game. But one of the problems that that game has is that once your car is out, you're out. Yeah. But I like the idea that in um, Thunder Alley. Then you're playing around with the idea of a team of racers, yeah. so that you're like you've you've got to balance things a little bit more, mm-hmm. which I think adds a little bit more to the strategy element of that, of course, yeah. which is which is nice. And, so, and yeah. Thunder
0: Alley spawned sequels, one of which is Apocalypse Road. So while <laughs> the first one is just Nas, NASCAR team this Max. is Mad Max, this is Death Race Two Thousand. You've got your Frankenstein's and, and the like. Give me um, Armageddon. Yeah. So. <laughs> Maybe I'm showing my age by going to a uh, death race, but anyway,
1: <laughs> no, because they did remix. But I'm sure you're you're going to the original. They
0: did remix. Why would yeah, you do yeah, that? With Ger- Gerald,
1: Jason was the Ger- Statham. One, the yeah, original
0: one Jason had Statham. Sylvester Stallone and oh, wow. um, yeah. David Carradine. You don't need to remix David <laughs> Carradine's Frankenstein. Was amazing. Anyway, right. But um, this, just this is the I think the second expansion. So Apocalypse Road changes it to being the future. The future's gone a bit wrong. The race teams are still there. People are still bang for their favourite team, but now uh, it's got a bit hairier and scarier. Yeah, <laughs> someone does, would say have strapped a missile launcher on there. It, hey, it, know, it's, it's waiting, it really
3: isn't? does what it says in the tin the front of that, doesn't it? Apocalypse Road. And mm. then, yeah, that that picture on the front yeah. really does. Uh, I mean, it says, I, it? I would definitely give this a blat. Yep. Yeah, it looks quite interesting.
1: You know, Now, is there miniatures with it or is it all like, blocks and stuff again.
0: Oh no, no. It'll just be tokens and like. There at no point will you find miniatures in any of these games. So this yes. is a board game company who make board games.
1: That's fine. I'm I'm just gonna go to Pound Land, buy up all the Hot Wheels and start <laughs> on them again.
3: Do that anyway.
0: <laughs> see, see some of the weird and wacky track layouts they have as mm. people go do nothing That's around.
3: That's awesome.
0: And there's a, a lot of um after action reports and, and stuff there as well, which we'll talk a bit about that because this is a GMT is a comprehensive website. Let's put it like that. <laughs> it's it's well, not just, yeah. it's not just by our stuff. Uh, they, they do encourage people to check out the website and actually go and have a look at some of the other bits yeah. and It's one of the nice things about a lot of the things they do is that there's a lot of community driven stuff
2: built into what they. Present. Hmm. So yep. you get, as you've, you've said, like lots of things to like links to community resources or people who have made cheat sheets to help people who are new to things dive yeah. into them as well. Like when I was, di- when I was nothing looking at, um, I think it was Command and Colors Ancients. Mm-hmm. This was a couple of years ago because my friend was really like, oh, I really want to play more GMT games. And we were like, oh, but we go for this. He didn't do it in the end. He, he bought Twilight uh, Stroke in the end, but because he was like, this is easier, let's just do this. <laughs> uh, we were looking at Command and Colors Ancients and there were so many resources online for like, if you want to start playing this game, here's some nice helpful PDS and stuff to help you go. You know, yeah. here's a rundown of what you should be looking at in your first battles and that kind of thing. So it's a, a classic collection uh, from GMT, but but one that has
0: seen a lot of love over mm. the years. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I pulled this one out because um, it really interested me that they had a historic empire building game uh, right. that, that doesn't have to have anything to do with warfare at all um one of my favorites (laughs) yeah so ancient civilizations of the inner sea which is a fantastic title anyway (laughs) is all about uh playing across four epochs with various um, very cool mediterranean adjacent empires so you may have your greeks your romans your carthaginians phoenicians whatever it happens to be you're building your empire up you're trading you're trying to get the best out of your empire all the while event cards are being played like natural disasters vesuvius going off and pompeii (laughs) getting ashed things like that um but there is the option for warfare because warfare was part and parcel of the ancient world but if you and your game group don't want to do any warfare you don't have to or you do a little bit of warfare maybe somebody's getting a bit too angsty and they just need a couple of their cities salted (laughs) Just to keep them on the even (laughs) keel. Then you could do that and then go back to being peaceful again. Go, you know. W- weren't you happier when we were just trading before you made me come over there with my legions and stamp on you? I um, mean,
1: Jerry, if, if you refu- refuse to trade, you know, wheat and barley with me, you know, I'm, I might just have to come and take some of that.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that type of thing. You need a breadbasket in the world. But, <laughs> you know, just saying. A war game only was... even when you wanted to be. I really like that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's um, really and, interesting. And it's a solo up to six players as nice. well. So wow. it's there's... There's plenty of scope in there, depending on your group. Um, so, so you can get right in and and really develop your nation and and you know try and push it to be the Atlantis of its time. You know, so far yeah, beyond yeah. everybody else by just dominating the area and being the best. But I, I just like civilization board gaming, and the complexity is at the sort of the top end of their easy mm-hmm. range, um, which very cool. I very cool. I really like. Uh, just the the idea that it's not a massive time sink of a game because yeah, some yeah. civilization building games and and things like that it can be like three you, or four hours. Or yeah, you're, you're having to really yeah. and your your brain's having to tick away the whole time trying to work out exactly what you need to do to keep people fed and happy so your civilization doesn't collapses. But um, but the civilizations in the sea seems to be a, a much lighter stroke on that one.
3: See, this is the thing. This looks like a game where um, I can sit and practice solo because by the looks you have (laughs) got different setups for different uh, how many players, depending on how many there are. And this just seems like something I'd master solo before letting anybody else
1: play. Oh, no, no, no. Clearly the first time you've ever played free. Why do you have (laughs) half the map? (laughs) Well, <laughs> just, just beginner's luck. Beginner's luck,
3: You know. Yeah, I do like that though because it's replayability. So if you mm. do kind of get not bored, but if, with mm. the one player, the solo aspect, or the two player, you can always add more, get a different map, play a different setup. Mm. Um, it sounds like it sounds you know. like
2: Free wants to just embody the Roman Empire, learn yeah, and learn and learn, <laughs> and then conquer everything <laughs> in one fell sweep. That's what I'm oh, doing. What all these <laughs> things? What are those gods? They're not Greek gods. They're Roman gods. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they're they tried to go into. Ireland and Scotland didn't go so well.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the, out. The, key is, no. the key is you don't leave the med, stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about staying warm. I, I, really, I really like this because as when it comes to a lot of
2: Euro games, I, mm. I, I'm the definition of the turtle. I like to make my own little thing. And if you come near me, I'll scream. So <laughs> so this seems like a really fun game for me to dive into and be like, I'm just gonna make the Greeks i Oh do me. Okay? So yeah. <laughs> you guys fight,
1: I'll be fine. <laughs> It's like, oh Ben, that's that's a nice coastline you got there. It'd be a shame if anything happened to it. But what we
2: could do, just is we could lie. I could be your toady. I
1: exactly. could give you resources,
2: and you could do war, and then I'll just grow in the background. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll I'll take my fleet of battleships away. Make sure those uh, those merchant ships are on the way within a week. Yeah. I'll yeah. be the Grima to your Sarabad. There
3: we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think God. I'd I'd be exactly the same as you. Just mind me mind my business, exactly. Exactly. building my civilization. As soon as once <laughs> someone wants to kind of come over, it's very much
1: how dare you I'm fine no, exactly. <laughs> I mean you know I, I will come and ask to trade if you say no I will go away I will return with my battle fleet and ask you would you like to trade
3: exactly. uh, Oh, that's just like really the British interesting. Empire <laughs> yeah. just like exactly the same Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think it, this also shows off I mean well a lot of the ones we've looked at you see just the diversity in the art style as well yeah. that mm-hmm. they really push for the art style to match the game in question, yeah. whether it's a post-apocalyptic race game or uh, a an ancient civilization building, they look mm-hmm. much different from each. You know, you're you're not going to pick a Napoleonic battle game that will look like this. You know, they they obviously have a, a wide variety of of uh, artists working for them to make the games mm-hmm. and the game components as fitting to the setting as they can be. Yeah, yeah. It's very nice indeed. Mm. Very yeah. cool stuff. Um, I'm going to skip on actually. I'm going to, sk- <gasps>
3: I'm
0: going to skip. It's too much
3: job. of a selection, Jerry.
0: I'm going to go to P500 because I did say I'd come back to this. All oh, right. Okay. So some of the stuff that's out of stock, um, and some of the stuff that's being worked on gets well. Not some. All of the stuff that's been worked on gets dropped into this section P500. Okay. Um, and project 500 is so they can make sure that the things people want are being worked on and published sooner mm, rather than later okay. so that's interesting what, what happens is about three to four months before they're finished something um it will go on to this and then when people have pre-ordered up to 500 and um, then they go right well that's locked in we're definitely going to be we're going to be doing that you don't get charged at the time um, instead, they once they hit that 500 and they know it's going to be published, then they go for final playtest and final nice. uh, layout and errata. Takes a couple of months, and then you'll be charged when they're actually going to ship. At which point, if you don't want to, you go no, take take it off your list. Um, but it, it means you know when things are coming. It also means that they are printing the amounts that people want. Right? Yeah. yeah. And because of this, they've they've got past a, a point where games weren't being reprinted because they were too expensive so you've seen things like fifth sixth seventh edition versions of some of those games because they are that popular other mm-hmm. things would end up being dead stock or multiple people will be coming to them going i've got an idea for a game my idea is you know the, the race to the midwest uh, and you can see the orders on each one so you know they're looking 500 before they go into production 1566 for atlantic chase there bayonets and tomahawks which is a really interesting looking french indian war game i was looking at that a couple of days ago actually is up to 1661. Very cool. so once once they hit the sort of 7800 mark then they're they're pushing forward with the actual Mm. print and then they they expect to have it in people's hands about 12 weeks after that although in some cases it's been a month after it, because they're they're getting their their sort of their timings dialed in over time. The more they do this, but it means they can have lots of different things on the go, and not have to worry about producing the wrong one and mm-hmm. then losing money, which then has a knock on effect that means that they can't do something else because they've tanked a previous game. So it's a great way of getting mm-hmm. reprints going. Uh, they reckon about two third of their catalog would not be currently available if it wasn't for the system. Wow! Uh, wow!
1: Well having so, having the idea of a, a critical mass before yeah. you do a production run, I like mm-hmm. the idea. I, I've yeah. actually suggested that to a couple of companies over the years. And this so, just shows it works. Yeah. I think
3: I think what's I think it's nice for a kind of community member or someone that's buying into these can track as well, can see where mm-hmm. it's at, like you said, at the at the printer, depending where it is. And as well as that, it's it gives you somewhere to look at what other people who are interested in the same games are going towards. And yeah. you might find a little gold nugget that you'd never have looked at, but because Yeah, yeah, it's quite an interesting um,
0: concept. So I've plucked two from the mire of the P500 system um, (laughs) to have a look at because it is my want in life. What I picked for (laughs) you, Fred? Really? I'll also point this out by pre-ordering on the P500 system. There's a discount. Ah, cool. Once it it gets published, it goes to its full retail price for other people afterwards. But you know, you're helping them out, and they help you out as well. So hence the hence oh, the uh, P500 price. So yes, Banished the Snakes banished. Is, a, is a cooperative game of St. Patrick <laughs> and Ireland. Don't, stop laughing.
3: It's are they serious. real snakes or are they pagan snakes?
0: Like, yeah, that was, that was kind of my
1: first question.
0: Well, of course, they're pagan snakes. That's why they get rid of them. If, they were, if, they, were good, if they were good snake Catholic snakes, you'd have kept them.
3: <laughs> Little snake components. It suddenly can be something different.
1: Like, <laughs> what, what, why are there cobras here? No, you, you're not meant to be here. Off that's
3: you go. The, they're not. They're not it, get, That's man. the pagans with hoods on. Yeah,
0: sorry. yeah. So, um, Conan yeah, Ireland. There is a shocking amount of historical bits and pieces on the empty <laughs> website about uh, the historical characters. I believe it wow. is actually the pagans rather than snakes themselves. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. yeah. Uh, if I have any worth, it is to give, live my life for God and to teach these peoples. Now, you didn't say that when you were minding sheep halfway up Slemish. Paddy, no, did you. <laughs> I, you? Keep your mouth shut.
4: Anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, so a medium complexity game with a, you know the highest degree of solo playability because it has a solo mood built in. Nice. Um, this has already um, passed the cuss. It is It is being published. Um, Sounds great, great, that's In why. In fact, it yeah. could be coming I fairly, fairly shortly. I mean, the game I... has your, your map of Ireland. Four provinces, that's wrong, though. <laughs> no Tara, of course. Oh, no, he does. Uh, the High King of Tara, which means me is a province at this time. Come on, fella. <laughs> uh,
1: honestly, if you're ever wanting Same. to get like an old-school Irish family into board gaming, yes. this is it right here. Just just <laughs> set it down on your nan's table and what? off you go. <laughs>
3: Yeah. How'd you feel about banishing the snakes later? Well, let's give
1: it a go. I mean, you, well, well, you well, like well. St. Patrick, don't you, <laughs> hey, 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 I do, I do, I do. Hey, hey. Well, here, I've brought this along for you. Let me, let me just lay it out on the table. Mm. You know, it's a board game about Ireland and it's a board game about St. Patrick. And I think you might like it because we're coming up to the, you know, St. Paddy's Day.
3: I love that, I love that it's cooperative and solo, just in case you want to go out about that business on your own. You know, there's I mean, options. Well,
0: as, as you say yourself, like, solo is a great way of actually learning the game then before you mm. bring it to other people. Although it, it looks like it's it's not a particularly taxing game to, to get behind. So, Well, depending um, on the
1: mechanic yeah. changes between solo and, you know, player play.
0: Mm. So, well. I would say time will tell. You can go in there and find out because there's a ton of articles both on the historical side of it and the gaming side as well. So that was the first one I plucked out of the ether uh, for banishing the snakes. And then the second one, this is the Plum Island Horror.
4: Okay. Island Horror. again,
0: has also made the cut. There's there's a whopping 30% off that one. Wow. Wow! But this is, uh, I have had a look at the video, but it's just like a little teaser spam reel thing. Um, but Plum Island Horror is a cooperative slash solo game where a massive storm has occurred on the 24th of October, so a week before Halloween, uh, and unfortunately hit this little yes. island with this little community on it. Um, but worse, it hit the Pearl, which is the Plum Island Research Lab
4: um, that's the nickname
0: of it, on the island right. by the people. And uh, a batch of gases for whatever they were testing They're perfectly ethical and legal, of course, by the government, uh, killed a load of people. We say <laughs> A few days later, they all got up again. Zombified. And, oh. and, and after they uh, attacked the people in the Pearl, they then went to the smorgasbord that was the town on the island. Just a uh, a fun-filled time for all. And it's a one-to-four player cooperative sort of um tower defense game
3: so you're
0: having yeah. to hold off the incoming abominations uh as they they sort of tear their way through you uh it also has um like a a, a random element where every player gets a, a token in the bag plus there's like three zombie tokens plus there's like a doom token and so mm-hmm. every turn you you pluck one out um So you've got a random order for your activation between the players, the zombified people, and then the Doom one, you draw an event card. There's also a push your luck mechanic where you can try and do something at the end of your turn. You can do another action, but then Mm -hmm. you have to draw an event card so it can push the Doom a bit harder on you. So there's a lot going on with the game. Um, But at the same time, it's one of their sort of lightest sort of games when it comes to it. It's mostly card-based and and just sort of uh, go for your guns.
3: I'm I mean, pretty sold on this one. Yeah, hmm. it's Plum Island um on its own? I mean that's a great way yeah, to yeah. have an outbreak where it can't get anywhere else where so the zombies can't swim off. You well, go on holiday to Plum Island. Give and- it time.
0: They do have they do have choppers. I imagine if ah, yeah. I imagine if they wanted to expand it in the future, then somebody could have escaped. Uh, some zombie may have been tanked up by the, I'm not saying the government. Got his boat
3: license, could. absolutely. Well, government you
1: know, it, if have one and up. drop it into, you know, one of those countries that your government doesn't like, oops. Yeah, but you need so to, you need to know, a zombie apocalypse? Yeah.
0: You need to know how it works first, hence everybody in the back of this van. And uh, <laughs> we don't crash into something because of a cat on the way down the road. Um, so, yeah, the the Very island cool. horror. Awesome. Um, which yeah. which just, I thought I love was. that. Hilarious, and again, something a little bit different from Very kind much of like so. standard. Well, well, yeah, it's
2: nice to see them like do the kind of typical historical, big, mm. massive Euro wars, yeah. and then something a little bit quirky, a little bit weird yeah. as well.
0: So. Um, and th- the final thing I want to draw people's attention to is inside GMT, uh, which is their blog, and it contains just stuff, stuff people are working on. So, for example, <laughs> somebody has written david spangler who i don't think actually um is behind the game but he's decided to write a
3: a short story
0: to go with the plum island encounter Mm -hmm. which is is, is just really great but whenever you come into the their blog um you get the recent posts so you get what they're working on you get bits of fluff or whatever happens to be but if you ever look down the categories here there is a Host a wow. wealth, a smorgasbord of bits and pieces. So you've got after-action battle reports, 150 of those. Designer blogs, almost wow. 700. Nice. Developer notes, which are always nice to see. What people are actually thinking when they're working on games. Yeah. Um, inside the game's history, general interest, series replayability, scenario variants. So people have gone in and gone. I've played all the scenarios in this. Now I want to make my own. here it is for other people to try out as well. Um, Strategy articles, solitaire systems, 30 of those were always after solitaire systems. So Mm. videos as well. They have their own YouTube channel, by the way, um, which is a mix of sort of unboxings and playthroughs and and bits and bobs um, of of varying sort of quality, I would say. But if you just look for GMT games on YouTube, you'll find it. Um, I'll put a link down below for people to check out. Uh, But it's, the whole kit and caboodle uh, for GMT from anything you can think of, I imagine. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think there's a, a game type they don't do or a, a system or period that they haven't mm-hmm. investigated at some point. Uh, and I think that was my gift to you this week. I am going to sure? get
3: lost in that mm-hmm. later, Jerry No, like you're Christmas not. Because you're, you're moving. Well, what, doesn't mean I can't send things to oh, the news. Right, right, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, and you know, depending on how free's coming across, if she is, yeah, to kill on a ferry.
0: That's, That's true. That, I know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm saying nothing. I think we should take a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll be having a look at the news. Coming to you from the center of northwestern Europe, covering board games, war games, card games, and all that you love. It's the but- news. <laughs>
2: so, diving into the news from this week, we start with a little bit of fantasy stuff. Um, we've looked at these guys in the past when they had their Kickstarter up and running, sort of like midway through last year. Uh, so, Ragnarok Miniatures look to be coming back to Kickstarter this year with a new selection of releases for their sort of dark fantasy Ragnarok Viking. World that nice. they've been created. um Previous to this, they did Dvrga or dwarves, I guess you'd say, uh, from Norse mythology. Uh, but now they have been moving on to the undead. So if you're looking to unleash the Draugr on the tabletop, especially familiar to a lot of people who played Skyrim, of course, uh, then you'll have access to a whole range of new releases from them for this by Kickstarter very, very soon. They're going to be working on a whole selection of different things. So you can make an entire army out of these, or for example, a, a, a warband in Saga. Mm. Um, so you're going to have your leaders, so you've got your bothy with the kind of like boar's head cloak over the top of it, which is very cool. Right. And you've got a selection of different Draugr with spears and swords and axes, and you've got bowmen there as well, which is pretty cool too.
1: And um, one strange goblin slash gremlin looking creature. Yeah. Oh, he's
0: not, so, not a loom. Don't worry. Yeah.
2: So,
1: um, <laughs> Just to go back to the Draugr just for one second. So obviously they're going to
2: be doing like this full round, well-rounded selection of offerings for the Draugr. They did kind of tease them in the previous Kickstarter as a little bit of a bonus for people who who backed it. Uh, But they're going to be coming in force, as you can see. And uh, Colin Patton has been working away, painting up all manner of these miniatures, and they look pretty freaking awesome. Uh, So especially if you're going to be trying to put together two armies maybe of Tverga versus the uh, forces of the Draugr from Hell during Ragnarok. This would be pretty awesome indeed, especially if you be throwing some gods from other games or rangers yeah. in there as well.
4: Um,
2: on top of that, as you rightly pointed out, Justin, there are also the Dokulfa, or Dokulfa. I don't know how you say it. Some Scandinavian person is going to smash me with a with Thor's hammer for <laughs> saying that. Uh, but these are kind of like your dark elves, your goblins as well. So if you wanted to throw them into the, the, uh, the game, you're going to be able to do that too. Mm. If it's anything like the last Kickstarter, I think these are going to be like the special add-on that they do for this one. And then they'll probably expand this range out next time around, which would be pretty cool.
0: I have already seen greens of these in... Uh, just loincloths with shields oh, nice. sure. so there's there's at least two sets coming about 10 yeah. miniatures in each yeah. so both yeah. robed and unrobed or disrobed mm-hmm. if right. you will
1: uh, a question presents itself jerry uh, yeah. you see there was one of the pictures there of the stuff that was being painted have you shown people how to do cloth banners yet
3: oh, i was no? gonna say about the banners <gasps> oh
1: yeah I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see if you could show us how that's done Writes down Jerry can. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, step, get, step, get inspired. Step yeah. one, cloth. Step
0: two, <laughs> step stick it three, on a profit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Those yeah.
3: banners, though, those banners are beautiful. There was a picture that you showed oh, nice. yeah. right at the beginning, and it mm. had kind of like some form of animal skull at the top. I think it was some mm. kind of horse mm. skull. Just even little features like that, just on top of banners. Yeah, yeah they're
2: uh, yeah.
3: very cool. They are yeah. beautiful. There, nice. yeah, that's the a horse nice yeah
2: but um but yeah if you're interested in you know adventuring into Norse mythology and building up some fantastical forces to either using something mythological or just as alternatives when you're playing your games of saga then these are pretty awesome you know go and battle over Svartalheim or or down into hell as as i was saying before and and have some fun with that some very cool stuff indeed from Ragbunk miniatures watch out for their kickstarter very soon
0: yeah i have a sneaking suspicion the first kickstarter was only earlier this year so there's a very quick it may have been uh, you're only yes. looking three, yeah. to four months, so yeah. potentially this could be out and then fulfilled before the end of the year if you're, <gasps> if you're very lucky. So well, very then, nice. Colin depends has on been how much they them.
1: depends how much they front-loaded the work on them to get stuff ready to show off. Well, well can, a
0: lot of was it was already sculpted, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. there's yeah. an awful lot already good to go. So it's just mm-hmm. where he goes from there. Mm-hmm. But where are we going next, free?
3: Well, I want to know. I've got a question for you guys. Have mm. you guys ever built a fault before?
0: Yes, a yes. fort. fort. Yes. Yes.
1: I mean, sofa fort.
3: A sofa. Fault's a fault, So, like, okay. if you've not, if you're building a fort, I, I'm going to sound really sad now, but I love building forts. I was one of those weird kids that used to just get in boxes. That was me. So, uh, in, in the game, fort, you do exactly... <laughs> Just that you build a fault so it's two to play two to four players um and you build a fort with your friends and you earn victory points so now that game's been released for a little bit there's an expansion brewing and players have been told they're allowed to get a pet now and they're allowed to expand their fort and bring their cats and dogs along with them so that Perfect. definitely would make a fault definitely more exciting for me anyway but uh if you've not played Fort before it is quite simple players take on the role as the children in Building their fault, realistically they want to hold their favorite treasures in it such as pizzas and toys and stuff like that and it becomes kind of a stronghold for everything you need to do so each of these will get victory points and the person at the end who has the most victory points is champion so pretty much your regular card game but it's been out for a while the kids are settled in the parents have let them get pets so they create even further mischief within the fault. so Added to the deck, you've got dogs and you've got cats and they bring so much chaos to the deck. It's unbelievable. So (laughs) the game plays exactly the same, but you've got some new cards, regardless of how loyal you think dogs are. You've got got something new in this game. You need to keep them stimulated in the game. You can't leave them alone because they might wander off into somewhere else. Although (laughs) cats do have a a lack of loyalty. We all know that they will be hovering around players' decks. They're going to be looking whether you've got similar matching ones. And your challenge within the new expansion is to collect as many as them can, but you've obviously got to make sure that they don't disappear and wander off. So it's another way for players, ideally at the end of the game, it's extra victory points. And it just changes the way that you can play the game slightly. It's really how an expansion should work. It doesn't change the game. It doesn't change mechanics. It's just an extra bit added. Nice.
4: Very cool. So...
3: Each cat does have a cat and dog. They have their own little name, guys. They're <laughs> not just got generic cats and dogs thrown out there. They've all got name and they've all got conditions that you need to meet as well for they wouldn't do come up. So they are going to cause mischief when they do.
0: Dog runs off and cat pushes all the top of the building in on you.
3: Oh, no. No more fault. Bye. No,
0: more fault. <laughs> no. no <remember> this. <laughs> you're,
1: you're, if you own a cat, it's just going to get annoyed with you and just push your dog Just. Tapping, tapping, Hold, tapping. Slowly phone. tapping yep. your deck off the edge of the table. I'd be impressed.
3: I'd be I'm, impressed if anybody's got a cat into a fault. I really
1: I'm, would I'm, I'm waiting for the, uh, maybe
2: this was just me. I'm waiting for the questionable magazines end up in your fort in the woods for no reason expansion.
1: That would be uh, That would be interesting. Uh, see, I, I would love them to add something to this, like a hamster card, an escaped hamster that oh, you have to then find. Animals. Well, do that. You have to find the hamster in the deck before the cat or the dog eats it.
3: Oh, yeah, you've got a time limit added to it. That and a raccoon gets in.
1: <laughs> Careful, those things have <laughs>
3: this
1: is yeah, how raccoons and, and then you get the tetanus shot card.
3: <laughs> but yeah, it does look like a lot of fun. I really like um, Fort myself. Fort is really quite a simple game. It doesn't take that long to play as well. And adding that to the mix just gives it another layer. It kind of reminds me, yeah. if you've played Exploding Kittens, adding the cat cards to collect. It kind mm. of uh, adds that little bit. Especially gorgeous,
2: collecting, uh, but... gorgeous art style as well. Gorgeous um, Especially It's the case With all of the Later, later game stuff But yeah, with really really, arts, really nice art style Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely
3: very Cool Cool. Where are we off to Next Ben uh,
2: So next up We're talking about Fantasy football um, So uh, it was announced A couple of weeks ago Anyway now uh, That um, Blacklist Games Are going to be working On a new Fantasy football game Board game I guess you'd say Similar to others uh, That is called A Myth and Goal um, So this is actually Designed by James N. Hewitt And Sophie mm-hmm. Williams Of Media Cat Games Who will everyone will be very familiar with now they've worked on a whole host of different projects Uh, but uh, they are bringing their expertise in board game design to Myth and Goal which is going to be a two-player fantasy football game where you play as your standard fantasy races so you've got orcs, elves, humans and dwarves but they're tweaking things a little bit here and there and throwing some spanners into the works I guess you'd say to make it kind of like spiced up a little bit man I'm mixing my metaphors Um, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. some of the cool things you can do that they've announced is that um, you're able to make all-star teams so all-star teams aren't necessarily just drawn from just dwarves or humans, et cetera. You can take them from all different styles. So you can have orcs in there for their big brutish nature. You can I... have humans in there for their sort of like all rounder spirit. And you can have elves in there for you know, running those balls down the uh, the, uh, the sidelines side and into the touch zone.
1: Touch zone? That's a word now. down. Touchdown, yeah. Touchdown end zone. End,
4: end zone, zone
2: where you make
0: touchdowns.
1: Anytime I've played any game like this, I like playing the dwarves just because they are small and they are tanky as all get out.
3: I just Very wanted good to make the line. I just wanted to make a point of the football and that. Didn't say Wilson. It Hilton. said Wilson. Yeah. Hilton. <laughs>
2: I would also say that um, one of the other cool things they're doing this, with this is they're putting together a one player mode. Um, so, a lot of people will be familiar that we've been talking about solo gaming and stuff quite a lot over the last year or so. And this is going to have an option in there that where you'll be able to test your skills against the AI of the game, which is pretty awesome indeed. Mm-hmm. Especially for those people who maybe can't get a game that regularly, you can sit down and try and test your strength against the game itself uh, they're also going to be doing all the kind of things that you'd find familiar with a fantasy football game mm-hmm. so you're going to have league modes and that kind of thing in there as well so you'd be able to play through and upgrade your players and that kind of thing too which is really nice um considering what blacklist have done in the past with a couple with a load of their games and the nice plastic models they produce for mm-hmm. the, their collections i think this one's going to be a lot of fun and because you know you've got hewitt and williams behind this as well i think this is uh Shaving up to be pretty awesome
0: indeed you know? yeah it'd so, be yeah. fascinating to see how it turns out and what they do we've seen a few renders so there are things like gnomes slash halflings in the human team so even though it's human uh it may not be 100 percent human mm. uh so it'll be yeah uh, i really want to see what sort of things they bring in uh and, and what they do with it so much so that i've been hassling them uh, so i think i think there's going to be an interview with at least one i think i've got a gms i may have both um to to chat to soon uh, and and then we'll get that up on the channel so people will be able to find out exactly what's coming but i think it's um it's a month or so off before they they're planning on going to kickstarter in fact possibly even more than a month at the moment uh yeah we're still in august so i think it's late september early october sort of time for this so there's there's plenty of time for us to find out more about it at the moment it's just sort of teasers but fascinating to see what way they go with it and i do like the idea that you have these mvp teams you have your harlem globe trotters of the the (laughs) myth and gold world where you can pick the best of the best from the various races and and teams Mm. to sort of put them out and and uh, trash all the oncomers. Mm. Yeah, one of the things
1: I'm really liking is that one player mode. Because if you're playing a league mm. and say you have an odd number of players, every week, every round you're playing, someone can play the AI. Or if you and your mate can't actually get together for your league game, you can both play the AI and mm-hmm. still have that round of the league played out. Yeah. yeah, it
0: could be really cool seeing how that plays out. Actually, next up, we're going to be taking a look at some things from War Games Atlantic mm. uh, because it's me. <laughs> <laughs> why would you not I, what can I say you, you can't stop me I've got control of all the buttons so there,
1: Jerry master of the internet
0: yep. yeah. Um, so there's a, a whole host of things have been sort of splattered across the uh, the pages of the internet over the past few days we knew the cannon fodder were coming they're finally <laughs> shipping so uh-huh. I believe uh, they may even already be in Australasia um, but they will be in the americas in another couple of weeks and they will be in the uk and europe at the end of september Uh, but this allows you to make multi-part hard sci-fi troopers so good for your imperial guard good for your colonial marines good for your penal battalions Mm -hmm. Uh, i did ask them can the hairy, dark Age Irish heads fit on there? And they responded with, <laughs> are you planning on making an army of cherries?" Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> might be. Don't I tempt mean, me. I might be, Hudson. I mean, the, the, They're not this the This thing me. that should and must happen. Yeah. The, the, the OTT crew is a penal legion. <gasps> uh, find out whenever they arrive, because I will be checking to see whether or not the heads go on. Because, yes, shave your penal battalions because you don't want lice in amongst yeah. them. But there's going to be some hairy, scary... Uh, prisoners kicking around there don't get touched just get dragged out of solitary and then thrown in there and, uh, um, you know the 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 one guy
1: that nobody else wants to be near and you just kind of untie him and go look bad people over there go kill go half yeah
0: <laughs> just launch him off so uh like most of their sprues uh they either come in the half or the teeny tiny in this case they've used the half sprue to get you as many different options as you nice. can uh and it's not just the sort of um U.S. Marine Corps in space style helmets, you can see these ones at the top here are very um, I suppose 1950s astronaut helmet style you give them all a nice silver jumpsuit with these big glass fronted visored helms on them and then send them off uh, or if you're a fan of the film Soldier with Kurt Russell oh uh, yeah, which if you're not you should be <laughs>
3: Pause they do the video
0: look, now and go and watch that.
3: They do look very Master Chief those helmets, you know.
0: <laughs> master Chief. I, I
1: was yeah. kind of getting like uh, Starship Trooper vibes off those
0: helmets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, especially from the uh, the book slash cartoon series. Not so much mm-hmm. the terrible movie. But you could have them going up against there were three.
2: the three. You could have them going up against the massive giant spiders that they've done from Wargames. and is true. They go. Yeah.
0: There's, a, there's a bug <laughs> ready for you. Yep, so. because they those giant spiders do have sci-fi options on the sprues as well so no not all of your aliens have to be bipedal uh, apart from the cannon fodder they are also announcing the upcoming world war one british oh um, my god yes now <laughs> likewise on the same boat that's carrying the cannon fodder uh the world war one french are on their way so they'll be at the same dates in those same places that I've already told you. But here's some of the current renders. So they always put the renders up. Two things to bear in mind. One, these are not the final cut of what's going on the sprue. So they do take feedback. Um, So people have been feeding back about some things like the use of the um, gammon bombs and potato mashers and things like that. But you have a nice mix of stuff in here. Um, going from the the standard sort of tin helm with gas mask or without, uh, to these cap badged hats, which are very good for uh, if you're doing uh, IRA against um, black and tans because uh, they've they've look more like the RIC and auxilia, mm-hmm. so you can do your you can do your interwar period or mm-hmm. for bri- very British civil war as well. Um, it would work. That for did that. come
2: up in the comments. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, so. Yes, there are more Lewis guns than anybody would ever need to see. <laughs> but not all of those will make it to the sprue. So they're yeah. at the moment, they're just playing around with concepts and seeing what they can fit on there. Yeah. I think they um, said they were
2: going to work on a few more arm and body options as well, I think it that,
0: was. There's oh. a, there will be a sixth body, so it will be another 30-man yeah. 30, uh, 30 set. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know whether we we'll have get another prone one or another kneeling one or what's going to happen. Um, we'll, time will tell. Uh, there's a few oddities that people have been sort of looking at one is this deerstalker like yeah thing the deerstalker hats yeah. i think they're not deerstalkers i think no. they're trench hats which were peak caps for oh. one with ear muffs that they pulled down to cover their ears when it was cold right
3: that but, would make more sense
0: but you? they should be they should be wider and flappier and terribler um okay. because they they're they're a bit uh they're a bit too smooth and svelte and deerstalker or alternatively they are deerstalkers. stalkers, are you know, front and aft, and uh, in which case, maybe it's for very British Civil War. Who knows? Could um, be. One um, thing yeah, I'd like so to nice, see in this nice set
1: so. is maybe some sci-fi bits just no. to like upgrade them, like they did no. with the Grognards. No,
0: the Grognards is is solely um, sci-fi. Okay, it's a different scale. Oh, fair enough. But you could uh, these, these easily there yeah. are space there are space Brits coming. Okay, but I want I want them to be completely separate. Yeah. Um, so at, at the moment, I'm more, I'm quite content with these being solely historical, uh, yeah. which is one of the reasons why I, some people are going, the Sikh heads don't really work because the uniform should be different. But then other people have been going, here's pictures of Sikh in that yeah, uniform yeah, because yeah. they got resupplies from Europe, not from mm-hmm. uh, Asia when they needed yeah. them, so. I I
2: have been skirting around the edge of doing something either World War II or World mm. War I for a really long time, and I was tempted to dive back in and do some bolt-action stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I was drawn to, like, Blood and Valor and being like, yep. oh, that's a pretty cool rule system. Yeah. I don't particularly want to get – I wasn't overly sold on some of the stuff that they were doing for that in terms <laughs> of the, the kits and things, but now that is out. And, well, it's coming out, sorry. And then we've got Germans and French as well. Yep. I'm really – Excited about the idea of doing some kind of like skirmishy thing with Blood and Valor with that set, and doing like a set of like trench raider Brits with like the gas masks on, and like mm. add some extra cloak and stuff to them as well for like the things they've been using to keep themselves warm in the trenches. Yeah, be really,
0: really cool. Yeah. The, well, a few people have mentioned that. Could we get a few ballot heads, or maybe yeah, some yeah. scarves? It's a lot of customization sort of you can do yeah. for sure. Yeah. You
1: get a body with a kilt on it if you want to do a Scottish regiment. Yeah, and just, should- just one by himself would be <laughs> sure. you want, you want a shame. You want a separate box for that.
2: Uh, yeah. And then you can just start uh, quote, uh, quoting Blackout of the Forth all the
0: time. All the time.
2: <laughs> we just need a flash heart
0: to leap what? into the trenches. <laughs> 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 I'm saying nothing. Um, <laughs> before we move off, the Atlantic altogether. Uh, there is one more box set that is oh, yes. on yeah. those ships. Mm-hmm. And that is their fantasy goblins. goblins. Nice. So this is another 30-body set. What to call them men because they're goblins. Um, but as you can see a more generic style uh-huh. of goblin uh, a bit more I suppose feral-esque I do quite like their pot helms as well the little horns on them there They always cute, get like a little bit of people. a Mongolian feel off those guys
3: I yeah. think With the armor design
0: yeah.
3: yeah
0: yeah they've got a lot no. going on and as we were talking about the spiders earlier um, um, you, can wow. you can mix and match these yeah. together they are specifically on the sprue Hopefully, we'll see this. Spider sand, riding. Saddle yeah. goblins. <laughs> yeah. Saddles yeah. and legs akimbo yeah. yeah. for yeah. you to <laughs> actually mount some of your goblins up onto the, uh, the spiders. Oh, yeah. So you can pick up a box of spiders and have goblin calves yeah. and goblin infantry, which is a genius way of doing it. It's, yeah. Yeah.
3: Is that a head in a hand up there? A head in a hand? Head on a hand. Which the third one? Row down on the right-hand side. Is that a head being carried? Uh, yes. head? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. looks like one. Cool. That, looks like one of the Dark Age
1: Irish. It's yeah, have got one of the 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 axe that probably done it right next to it.
3: Nice.
2: Well, one of the cool things about this is that I obviously it's got that kind of like agnostic feel that it'll yeah. fit with pretty much anything.
3: Mm. But the way
2: that I looked at I this was that. like, oh, Oathmark have done the orcs. They're yet to do the goblins properly yet. These mm. would be a really nice standing for those people trying to put together big orc and goblin forces for that. But also, obviously, a little bit of Tolkien-esque stuff in there as well. Yeah. You know, put together your dwarves from uh, The Hobbit, for example, using the Oathmark kits. Go for a little yeah. bit more of a classic look to them. Mm-hmm. Have them fighting off against these in Goblin Town. Could be very cool indeed. The, yeah. the
1: weapon mixture on the sprues is very interesting as well because you've got a good mix of, like, between swords, axes, maces, and you've even got yeah, a guitar yeah. up the top.
3: Oh, you've you know, got iris some... as well. Yeah.
1: but yeah. mm-hmm. You would never really think to see a guitar on with goblins. so it's maybe something he's nicked. <laughs>
2: Some, st- stolen from someone because it's stabby. That's not the, yeah. all goblins nope. are thieves.
3: Not all <laughs> goblins are mischievous.
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: Like definitely stolen. <laughs> definitely stolen. Definitely stolen. I
1: mean, I mean like it the... was acquired in an inventive manner, shall we yeah. say? There we yeah. go.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A nice, nice range across the sprue. And also, there should be enough bits and pieces on those sprues to do whatever you need to do so if you want to do a full full regiment of uh, bow spear mm-hmm. or hand weapons and you've got you covered across the board yep. which is all fantastic
3: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. moving from one monster to another <gasps>
3: If you are a King of Tokyo fan, or you actually want an excuse to play King of Tokyo, (laughs) you're going to be excited because there is an absolutely massive box making away in October. So there's a new monster box that's coming, and it's going to include two of the expansions, two of the Halloween expansions, the Halloween expansion and the power-up one, and a new playable monster, which some of you might know. So there's also some exclusive cards in there, a new dice tray, loads of bonus gear as well and literally just to cause complete havoc and destroy <laughs> Tagia. um so if you have needed an excuse to get into it this is a really good starting point because inside the box as i said you've got the power up and the halloween expansion so and i, and I do know the halloween expansions are quite difficult to get hold of sometimes because okay. they can come right. out thematically and mm, some yeah. places don't stop them anymore so along with the brand new version of i want to say Gigazore. I, I must not yeah. say it French.
2: Gigasor.
3: Gigasor. Giga-sor. Giga-sor. Um, you get an update version of him and box exclusive cards as well. So within that box, it's completely to him um, and how that plays. Very so nice. it's the two biggest expansions that have been released so far. But if you want to get hold of any other releases as well that came out the side of Kings of Tokyo, you can play in and dip in with other monsters as well. And you can collaborate with King of New York. So it's a great way for you to start building um, into the game and start, you know, just just start off and get hold of some of those expansions that are quite difficult to get hold of. It just seems like something really big is coming for King of Tokyo soon. And uh, I can't wait to hear it, Mm guys.
0: Very big monsters. waiting for Mm -hmm. King of London.
3: King of London. Wow, yeah. what kind of It'll... monsters would you have there?
0: <laughs> the haystacked the he, he head Boris
1: Johnson monster, oh. yeah, or just Tony Blair, just tiny little standee of Tony Blair.
3: Whenever they do anything towards Britain, it's usually a thing. it's like Captain Britain. If you heard a Captain Britain, yeah. His superpowers don't work outside of the UK. What good is this? Like, <laughs> yeah, who's this helping? <laughs> UK.
0: <So. laughs> The Alan Moore run of Captain Britain is excellent, mind you, for any comic book fans who haven't read it. Just that uh, being said, anything Alan Moore does yeah. is amazing.
2: I was going to say, uh, I will say, if you have not played King of Tokyo or King of New York, they are very, very good entry-level Die. games for people to start playing a little bit of hobby board gaming. And they're mm. also pretty awesome if you're trying to like bulk up a game night. So maybe you're going to play a massive game, play something like King of New York or King of Tokyo beforehand uh, and have a lot of fun with it. Really good fun, really nice and sort of malleable with all the different options that they've provided for it as free was saying loads of expansions as well so (laughs) some awesome stuff in there for people that want to try a little bit more of a casual game
3: so yeah yes it is very casual but it is so much fun i think this is what i really get from this one it's not difficult to pick up as well like ben said it is very much an entry-level game there is so much being added to it and by the looks of it there is some new stuff and hopefully some big stuff coming along with it too
0: very very cool indeed ben tell me more about the Napoleonic's. Ah, yes. So this is Napoleonic's,
2: but with a twist. Think Sharp versus Wells in a way. Uh, So um, you may remember that a couple of months ago, we said that Osprey Games were going to be releasing a new skirmish war game from Joseph McCullough, uh, which is going to be called The Silver Bayonet. Uh, And the idea behind this game is that you're going to be creating warbands of uh, sort of like hunters and soldiers who team up with occultists, mystics and the like, and priests to hunt down the shadows and terrors in the darks of the forests of Europe. Uh, And of course, no game would be complete without a selection of awesome uh, bespoke miniatures for it as well. Mm -hmm. And that's where Northstar come in and what you're seeing here. Um, So Northstar in a sort of familiar fashion to what we've seen them do in the past for Oathmark and Frostgrave and the like, they're going to be providing a huge range of metal miniatures for you to use to either make your warbands in their entirety, for example, or perhaps just to use as specialists within said warband as you go out to hunt down werewolves and stuff in the the forests and such, in Germany and France and all over the place. Um, Looking very cool so far already. I I really like that we've got a whole bunch of kind of like standard style military veterans and that kind of thing in there. You can see a few of them uh, already, um, Taken on some fearsome supernatural foes. You've got some of them with like crosses around their neck. You've got others with breastplates of the clearly seen claws and fangs ripping across it, which is pretty cool. And then, as you'll notice throughout there as well, you'll also see some slightly more esoteric miniatures. So you've got like your priests and your sort of laymen that perhaps have been, you know, following along with these soldiers during the actual Napoleonic Wars themselves and then found themselves drafted into these warbands to help fight that, fight the terrors and the vampires and all that kind of thing, too, which is nice. Um, So, yeah real awesome smuggles board which seems mm. to be the uh the word of the weekend I uh, for so. you to use in your your games and i really like that a lot of their stuff actually mixes up mixes very nicely with existing 28 mil napoleonics as well mm. yeah um so if you're interested in the period and you maybe have some napoleonic figures sitting around then that would obviously form the great basis for a a warband in the Silver
0: Bayonet when it releases in uh, November this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what you want. You want Sharp to go out, uh, meet, (laughs) uh, was he Colonel Loop the Wolf, Ah, cavalry commander who was bringing horror to the hills of Mm -hmm. uh, Spain. And it turns out he's bringing horror to the hills of Spain because he is a werewolf <laughs> it writes itself
3: <laughs> mm. i mean mm. i was just those hats are some good hats. they've put a lot oh, of detail yeah. in the accessories and the hats it's yeah. what i liked mm. because when you generally see like napoleonic stuff come out all of their uniforms and the details like that you generally do see the same thing they very regimented on yeah, yeah mm. it is their uniforms are uniform yeah divid- yeah they are that that's one <laughs> way of putting it that we don't know, yeah. <laughs> but everything um, All of their hats are different. All of their uniforms are different. Every individual detail on each individual mini, it's very clear where they belong, but it's nice to see that in each individuality.
1: I've got to respect the mustaches and the beards though. Some of them are very fabulous. That guy on the left, that's a fabulous mustache.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: I was going (laughs) to say, if anybody wants some inspiration for a kind of warband that they might want to use in this game, I would recommend a film called Brotherhood of the Wolf, Mm. uh, or Le Pacte de Loup. If you, want to do, if you want to throw in the French. Uh, but uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf is freaking awesome. Yeah. And uh, I think it would be a good opportunity for you to kind of
1: get some inspiration for something like this. So Halloween a- is just around the corner. If you want to get some, some Halloween
0: gaming in, get some Halloween. That is very, very true indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But before we go to the horror of Halloween free, yes. we've the corrosion of conformity. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. things are getting a little steampunk over here. So Capstone Games have just uh, recently announced that they're having a partnership with Deep Print Games and they're bringing a game called Corrosion on. So players become a, a kind of a manager of their own engineering shop and simultaneously they need to work on these machines to make sure everything is running smoothly. So if you do consider yourself a bit of an engineer, a bit of a tinkerer, it might be something that you do want to look at. So it is competitive. So players are going to work competitively against one another and it's going to work in turns. So it does get harder the further you go in the game. Um, and whilst you are dealing with certain actions, you're going to need to multitask. So machines are going to need to be tinkering because they do have like a kind of a limited amount of time that they're alive for. You're gonna need to keep spinning plates and stopping machines from breaking down and corroding. you're going to need to manage and for a player to win, you're gonna need to work under pressure so you're going to need to coordinate your actions and stay calm. So if you do it correctly, under no panic, I'm a panic person, so I'd have <laughs> all over the place. Um, the player who's able to score the most points um, is going to be the champion but If you do want to juggle in panic, which is definitely something I'd I'd more than do in spin plate, you are going to find it even more difficult. Um, Take it slow, make your way through it. So the points supply within the game has been diminished. That's how you find who's the winner. So whoever's juggled their responsibilities as, you know, a well-oiled machine, I must say, (laughs) Um, whoever scored the points is going to be the winner. So depending how many play as there is, it can take roughly about an hour and a half to play Mm. to get to the final bit. So Mm. the components I find specifically interesting in this. (laughs) Yeah, they're very
2: nice and thematic. They Mm.
3: are, and everything fits. Everybody does kind of fit into that steampunk theme. you get your kind of you've got a double-sided board um you've got your player boards there's factory boards in there tokens everything you
2: so there's to lots of different options for people to dive into on repeat yeah. plays and things yeah, yeah. loads of yeah. different
3: stuff and just yeah so it's been confirmed that it is going to be releasing at the end of the year so november nice. time so quarter for um just before christmas as well so if if you do know of any engineered liked minds who want to discover all nuts and bolts and vic machines and want to multitask and juggle some plates uh you're not going to be disappointed by this release for sure mm.
2: this has been uh building up quite the head of steam uh, on the, the internet yeah. so i think it's going to be pretty awesome becoming mm-hmm. a Cogging the machine oh. of corrosion.
3: Oh, you're uh, full of them today, then. Someone's got to do it when Lloyd's not here. Yeah, Lloyd's not here.
0: Somebody doesn't have to, but somebody always does. Yeah, I <laughs> know. It's the only also,
2: comedy we know. That is
0: true. I also say it's got uh, Pegasus uh, Spiller. Yeah, as well. Yeah. So presumably this is. uh an English language version of a mm-hmm. of an existing German game. So they do some magnificent stuff. They really yes. do. They really
3: it's they... already catching eye on Board Game Geek. It's already up there, quite a lot, growing in a lot it's on of attention, the all yeah. on the hot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, do make sure you keep an eye on that one.
0: Well, let's not be undaunted by what they're doing over there.
3: Oh, Jerry, you can't say something like that after I, telling us all.
0: I can, <laughs> I can and I did. <laughs> Benjamin o. Tell me all about the reinforcements coming for Undaunted. Yeah, so uh,
2: Undaunted Reinforcements is the third, well,
0: third expansion, I guess you'd say, or second
2: expansion for uh, Undaunted Normandy and Undaunted North Africa, which is going to be coming out in November. November is a big time for games, Mm. it seems. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: So this is Christmas. Yeah, this is a follow-up to the incredibly successful and award-winning Undaunted series. Um, we started off this show with an uh, India classic of the week, I mm-hmm. guess you'd say, looking at Hex and Counterstar board games. This is something in a similar vein, but a much sort of like easier entry-level product. Um, it's essentially a deck-building game mixed with a war game on the tabletop, um, and Undaunted Reinforcements builds on everything that we've seen so far by adding in new cards, new scenarios, and some new play modes for Undaunted, Normandy, and North Africa. So some of the cool things they're adding into the mix. We're going to be adding in tanks and tank commanders, which is very cool indeed. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be getting traps and schemes and ways to sort of like trick your opponents, which is also very cool. And we're also going to be seeing new options to play. So as I mentioned, there's going to be these new modes. So we're going to have a four-player mode, so you can go into two teams of two very cool indeed and there's also going to be a solo mode as well which has already been talked about previously with the other Undaunted games Uh, but this is going to be sort of like fleshed out within reinforcements to be able to dive in and play the game yourself Um, if you're not familiar with Normandy and North Africa uh, they are pretty awesome games. Uh, The whole idea is that you'll play one versus one. Mm -hmm. One side takes on the forces of the allies, the other takes on the forces of the axis. You have a deck of starter cards, as is the case with most deck building games. And then you have a suite of options, as you can see, there laid out on the left and the right of that image. Mm -hmm. And what you'll do during the game is that you will make a decision on your turn. Do you want to spend points to get more cards into your deck or do you want to spend your turn ordering your troops across the tiles that you see there in order to complete your objectives? Because This isn't just a straight-up fight between the two sides. There are reams and reams of scenarios for both uh, Normandy and North Africa within these that you'll play through one at a time. So you can play through a little awesome little campaign with your friend, which I think is really fantastic stuff. Uh, All the units are represented by the little tokens that you see Mm. there. You've got the little round discs. And another really cool thing about this game that I absolutely loved when it first came out is that each of the cards has a little name of the soldier underneath it. So if... Bob Jenkins dies, you feel sad about it, man, as you should do. One of your oh, squads bit in the just, dust. You, you can't let Bob you. Jenkins go down. It also means that if Heinz Schmitzer, for example, uh, leads the way to victory for your German forces, I've just gone incredibly <laughs> German with that name, uh, then, uh, you know, you can laud him for his successes, which I think is really, really awesome, and tells a little story as you're going, which is cool.
0: It's some some cool. oak leaves for his cross of iron. Send him on yes. his way. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so, really yeah. looking forward Aww. to this as well. Um simply because apart from the the fact it's adding a solo mode, which is handy, uh from what I've heard, they're also going to allow you to combine North Africa and Normandy, which are two mm-hmm. separate games at the moment. Yes. But yeah. but reinforcements will offer a, a playstyle where all of that can be on the table at the same time. So essentially yeah. you have multiple theatres all sort of interacting with each other, so it'll be fascinating to see yeah. how that breaks down. Yeah,
2: because the Normandy sort of the Normandy set comes with kind of like your standard
0: US versus
2: German stuff in there. Because obviously we be all about the Normandy landings. <laughs> North Africa then brings in the Brits going yeah, against the Germans,
0: desert, desert rats, rats up against exactly, the yeah. Uh, yeah. the fox of the desert. Yeah,
2: so it'll be very, very cool to see how this all comes together. As I say, it's a phenomenal game uh, mm. that obviously has won lots of awards already. If you haven't given it a go and you really like World War II and you kind of want to mix together card games board games with miniature style war games it's really really worth a shot yeah if you haven't given it a shot already so it
3: certainly factors into something we were talking about on xlbs the other week where we were hmm. saying about different things transitioning over to different and this is a really good example of hmm. a hybrid of the three realistically yeah yeah, yeah. very much um so. great yeah. example and it certainly catches my eye because hmm. uh yeah it's just a way for me to get into it yeah,
0: yeah. it's definitely worth keeping your eye out who knows we may actually do a let's play on it I, I think it'd be really fun to show how this because cool. yeah. mm, I have North Africa it's behind that curtain <laughs> <laughs> behind your speeder <laughs> keep your eye out for that one we'll have to, yeah. have to get that scheduled in at some point very much but so. that's a, a wholesome helping of news for this week mm-hmm. uh, we're going to take a quick swish and when we come back we'll be looking at what's new and exciting in 3D printing All right, then we're back and we're going to be taking a look at what is the shiz in 3D printing. So, yes. Ben, what have you found?
2: So, uh, the company that I've picked out for this week's 3D printing is the shiz is Victor's Miniatures. Um, so they have both a Gumroad and a Patreon, Patrol, which we'll have a look at later. Uh, but their Gumroad is dedicated to a vast selection of different bits and pieces that you can use if you're going to be diving in to put together stuff for role-playing games in particular, alongside uh, some skirmish games as well. Okay. Um, one of the nice things about this is that it's very much <coughs> focused towards the idea of, uh, I guess you'd say, adding character to stuff. So like with a lot of, a lot of other patrons and things we've looked at. They're, they're like, oh, we're going to give you fantastical monsters and all mm-hmm. sorts of strange warbands and elves and dwarves and everything like that. Mm-hmm. There are, There is that here as part of the Vae Victor's collection, but a lot more of it is given over to these kind of incidental pieces, which I really wanted to highlight, and these are just nice things that you can use to kind of like even test your printing at home and that kind of Yay. thing, and also use, as we say, to do a little bit of set dressing. So one of the things that I really like about when it comes to, well, when it comes to war games or role-playing games and that kind of thing, you said it's nice to have a table, obviously, with mm-hmm. some standard terrain on it but the thing that makes it even better is when you start to add character to different elements of it so maybe if you're building up a entire tavern for example stick some beds in the top layers as you can see from this collection if you're going to be building up some like uh, some marketplaces and that kind of thing add some stuff that you might find at stalls and all that kind of stuff too if you're making a entire sort of village scape for your heroes to run around in. Throw some of these interesting characters into the mix as well and have them wandering around as you're doing things. And maybe even have them as sort of like pieces that you could use directly within your scenarios. Maybe you need to go and hunt down this old lady, for example, who's perhaps doing weird things. Making the child (laughs) cry. Yeah. All the kids have gone missing. She's sacrificing them to a demon. That's the answer. And loads of other cool little bits and pieces that you could use just to add that little bit of extra sous to your games on the Ooh. tabletop, which I think is oh, really cool. You could do like an orphanage oh. breakout. You could, yeah.
3: You oh, could do. It's, it's world building, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. it's world building. Yeah, there, there's, there's your three little pigs. After. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jerry, that's mean. <laughs> cool. Oh, oh what, you don't
1: like bacon? I love oh, a bacon. I
3: love bacon. Just before and after. That's a very <laughs> cute child with a very yeah. disturbing teddy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, just a little
2: dog. <laughs> I oh, like the idea. Maybe you bump into her on the street, and she's like, "Oh, can you help me find my mummy?" You take her back to the house, and you realise that the parents
1: are dead, and uh, you realise that it's all the doll that's been possessing the girl. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, you've ripped off the second Harry Potter movie. <laughs> <I guess so. laughs> Maybe
2: you throw some stuff in there. You know, a little bit inspired by Skyrim. You know, we're talking about the school mom. Maybe you find a child trying to summon an assassin to go and kill their their, their headmistress go and do it, get stuck in, have a bit of fun with an evil adventure. It can be pretty cool. And that's the nice thing about what we see from ah. ranges like this, is that they kind of allow you to play around with some fun and interesting ideas that maybe yeah. you hadn't necessarily thought of before. Uh, and the fact that you get to print it off at home as well uh, means that you can have it readily available for you within a couple of hours, which is pretty cool. So, yeah.
3: I think what I like about these is having this on the table, it does inspire more. It inspires yeah. more story, it inspires more creativity. If you do have a blank table with that world around it, fair enough, you're going to have your story in mind and you're going to know where you're going. But you might find some really interesting things and you might, for example, just that even just something as small as, as you said, the children walking around and the milkmaid back there that we just saw. It's nice to have inspiration on the table to be able to kind of improvise as well as have something out. And I think are yeah. really doing that.
2: Every skirmish game needs a horse and cart at some point because you will be raiding one. You will be trying to stop one from fleeing off the tabletop at some point. Also, like in the in the picture before, that uh, Jerry to the left of you, I think. I think we actually got to see a rather rotund elf. You don't tend to see rotund elves, but there's no. one for you to use in your games. He elves can
0: get fat <laughs> Wait, we know that from Haldir from Lord of the Rings very true uh, <laughs> poor
1: yeah. Haldir poor Haldir <laughs> well, I, I have a thought is there a miniatures agnostic dungeon crawler rule set out there
2: uh, uh, other world, for? other world, do uh, their own uh, dungeon crawling rule set which uses
1: miniatures from both their collection but also all over the place if you want to yeah, that just, there's also I'm lasting thinking. tales as well from yeah. uh blacklist yep. so, I'm, yeah i'm just thinking this this range of miniatures and incidental components would be amazing to set up like either a village or a dungeon for you yeah. to actually go crawling yeah. around in yeah. you could play the children who've maybe fallen through a trap door into exactly. the city of the your village
4: mm. i mean as i was
1: just
2: mentioning there, i think lasting tales would be absolutely perfect for this because mm-hmm. the whole idea is that you make an adventure group with your friends and then you cooperatively go through it so you could theme things as you say to do something like that or maybe you know you've got to go and rescue some dwarven miners from a large tunnel that's collapsed and they've made friends with the kobold no (laughs) you you never you never make friends with kobold slaying the kobold candle
1: They, (laughs) they, they are basically giving it a candle a day to keep it happy exactly yeah
3: this mining stuff's amazing as well mm, there's like a that. lot there's loads of yeah. different themes as and well
2: the nice thing about that too is that you'll see that it's broken up into kind of wall sections and if yeah. they've, they've got like a cross guard bit as well so you can use those to map out the uh-huh. dungeon on the table without necessarily the need for a dungeon tiles right. or for example if you do have a gridded map then use those along top on top of that. Maybe for example with a loke, yeah. Usually. So made mm-hmm. it into a 2.5D thing. Yeah. So, yes. so you,
1: what I would nearly do with these is I would maybe create like a deck of cards with like different layouts, so you can do like a procedurally generated dungeon for yourself cool. with oh, that yeah, set. Yeah, yeah. That'd be neat. So you you draw off the card and then you build oh, that in ratty. from the modular set. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Rats has to yeah. be rats.
3: How giant are these rats? How well, giant do you want them? It's 3D printing. <laughs>
1: exactly. SDL file, you can reskill those wherever you want. They're almost werewolfish.
2: Become become a rat catcher and hunt down the biggest game. A
3: rat. Oh, you're Sorry. asking some rat king in the mines.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I like that you've got things like the crystals as well, so the crystals could yeah. be used as objective markers in your game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's also all very cool indeed. There's normal rats for you.
4: Ah, regular rats, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. uh, Mm. Oh, an wow. Iron Maiden. So, yeah,
2: I told you a torture device that didn't exist. But, yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, have fun with it anyway. Don't Bobby. worry about that. Mm. Oh, there's, um, there's, your, nice. there's your prison guards that you've got to try and escape from when you're putting together a scenario that you've been captured by the town by the town and the guard there.
0: So. Oh,
1: actually, you know what you could do? That's pretty. You could do escape the dark castle with this. You could do any. Oh yeah, because they've got quite a few sort of like normal-looking folk.
2: You could use them as the characters, and then have these as the incidental people that you meet along the way. That could be cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. and then you could do a more visual version of it with like a two-point-five D building the <gasps> dungeon as you go in the castle as you're trying to escape. Paint the
0: miniatures in black and white because the maps. Oh, cards. that's a cool oh, yeah, idea. Yeah, all, all I can think of is uh, Blackadder again. <laughs> <laughs> Bag his heads.
2: I was thinking of Sir Ragnar from HeroQuest. (laughs) Oh, like a church? Yeah. Wow.
3: More like a monastery? -hmm. I mean, Um, I just seen that the fact that that is what was that five euros? Was it? mm
2: -hmm. Wow. Three D printing is pretty cheap. Well, it is at at the STL source.
1: It is (laughs) once you buy the three D printer and the materials, it makes it a little bit more expensive. But uh, well, I mean, once you've been running on a three D printer for a while, it's just always earning its money back. Very yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. The yeah. church stuff is gorgeous—the little mm-hmm. candles and yeah. little monks. Mm-hmm.
2: And you've got the theme sets and all that kind of thing as well. So, um, obviously, one of the things that they do is obviously Vevicto has the Gumroad store, which we're looking at here. But they also have the Patreon, and they'll be doing theme sets every month, similar to most other patrons that you'll see out there. So, if you want to sign up to that, you'll be able to get some good stuff from mm-hmm. them, which is really cool. I like that we're seeing things that aren't typic aren't just typically sort of Western European stuff. Yeah. As well. yeah. It's nice to see role-playing oh. stuff and skirmishy things that you can use from beyond our sphere of fantasy influence,
1: which is
3: cool. You've got camels of all different packages. You've got one that's ready to go on a long journey. You've got one that's ready for a kip. You've got, <laughs> yeah. you've got them all around you. Yeah.
1: Uh, they're so, all, so they're so all single hump. hump. Yeah. Mm. All single hump ones, though. Want some double hump camels.
0: <laughs> not, not if you're in Persia,
1: like, ah, like they are.
0: Your double hump ones are far, far away. Ah, uh-huh, I see. And it's no surprise that I picked these up
2: because uh, the, the uh, August set was all about dwarves, which is pretty cool, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But also they've got things like the star set and things for you to dive into as well, which is always nice. So you surprised a me, a
3: wallet,
0: Ben. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the thumb kit. Mm-hmm. Look, there's one bag piping.
3: Nice.
0: Awesome stuff.
2: Yeah. So um, I see the, some people actually showing off the final prints <laughs> as well. So you can see the quality of them as
3: well, which is good to say. Yeah. Really cool.
0: Each file will be available the month after the one they've been released.
3: Oh, there you, so go. There you so go.
0: if you mm-hmm. if you're interested in any of these and you don't fancy the patron or you've just missed one, then just keep an eye on their Gum Road. Mmm, mm, lovely stuff. Very good. Mm-hmm. They are. They look like some sort of unusual crab demons. Crab people from the crab. fifth dimension. <laughs> mm-hmm. It makes sense. It's I a see who, who villain you've, in the waiting. Well, I see you've, you've got another one though, Ben. I have, uh, and this was Doodle Wolf, wow. specifically picked
2: out just for you, Jerry. Mm-hmm. So if you scroll down for me, it says Labrador, Labrador, Labradorite right Wolf. Yeah. Uh, so if you just click Show More sure me, Jerry, yeah, and just scroll down. Oh, what's that? Is that a squirrel? Squirrel in a in, a, in an army uniform with a gun at the ready.
0: Well, well, what uh, squirrel? <laughs> The most dangerous I'd, adversary breaking like from the shadows. It's also got a periton there, which it is does, actually if you're doing a, a, a um, base of nature, if you need base of nature for Kings of War, peritons wow. are great. Do not see the, them often enough? Yeah. My hope awesome. is that
2: this is going to get uh, Jerry interested in getting somebody else ah. to do some 3D printing, because you can make an entire squad of squirrel soldiers.
4: Look at his little wife!
1: Honestly, it's the expression on his face. He's had enough of your <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's that's all squirrels all the time. Oh my nuts. yes, <laughs> <laughs> with his uh, water-cooled um, yeah. beckers.
3: Oh, these are awesome. There's an I can't, entire squad to pick
0: from the, the Himalayan world. yak monk. Nice. Giant turtle. A tree. Be oh,
2: so they they, they, they have an that? interesting selection it's a, yeah, they it's do, a yeah. As it's
0: ninja, sloth ninja sloth ninja yeah Ace lowest Ace ninja yeah, like, yeah there's a there's sleep. a lot of weird and wacky going on. I love this there's that tiny harp playing spider from the internet yeah the small singing one yeah and uh not a ujimbo not no not ujimbo
3: no, no. Similar peacockatrice that. hybrid yeah there, there's they some weird wacky stuff in there very cool oh,
0: and a tawny frog mouth i like how it's a mixture of actual real animals yeah. and, then yeah. oca- and then occasionally yeah. something bizarre yeah. this was the reason why i picked it out because i was like there
2: is such an odd selection in here i don't want to oh, make yeah. it the main one but Deep one
0: gorilla hybrid
2: squirrel, <laughs> squirrel soldiers was just too hard to Pass up, so I, anyway, know. I, can, I can
0: understand why they are, after all, the best. And there is, oh, there. Sean Connery's favorite mount. The
3: <laughs> what scale would you print the little rifle squirrel in? Would you do him like oh, I'd
1: do actually? him 28 mil, but he'd be yeah. like yeast tall, <laughs>
3: he'd be real squirrel. squirrel size. You're not going to yeah. make him a giant
1: squirrel. <laughs> well, no, because what you could do is you could put like squads on bases
3: i just print,
0: print them off at 15 mil then. Use them for undaunted as uh, standards. <laughs> standards. <laughs> I see your historical accuracy and I really <laughs> you squirrel tommies. <laughs>
1: Gets up. I mean, that, that's one way to sneak in and get Hitler.
3: Oh, yeah. Undaunted wow.
0: Natomandy. There you go. Uh, unfortunately (laughs) would they go after Hitler considering you only have one nut
1: (laughs) (laughs) well you see I don't know I think you'd probably just see them in Bastogne just for the commander's reply they're just like someone said there was nuts here
0: (laughs) makes sense all of a sudden they're just peeling the people out right that's some interesting 3D printing Ben
1: Mm -hmm.
0: victory to the vanquished not suffering Mm -hmm. but I think we're going to move on have a look at some kickstarters did you win one of our prizes? Find
1: out on our Prize Claim Centre over at OnTabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days.
2: Uh, so we're starting off, we have two roleplay games for you this week. Um, so the first of these is from Magpie Games, who have been working on what is, to date, the biggest role playing game Kickstarter that has ever existed on the platform. Ooh. So, anyone see an Avatar? we mm-hmm. right? Anyone see a Smurfs? No, not Pocahontas <laughs> in Space. This is Avatar with Aang and Korra and all the awesome mm. elemental benders that you could ever want. And they, they have come to the tabletop as part of Avatar Legends, the role-playing game. Uh, so in this game, which is um, powered, by the, powered by the apocalypse system, which is pretty awesome, uh, you will get to play as elemental benders, of earth, water, fire, and, and uh, what's the other one? Wind. There it is. <laughs> Air. <laughs> Kind the of the character, Ben. The, the, the <laughs> other element. Uh, and you'll be able well, to play. The fifth element? <laughs> the fifth element, yes. Yeah. No, Lily Dallas bath. is not in this. Multipass. <laughs> Mila Yovovich is the fifth element, yes. Um, she's always in my mind. But anyway, you'll be able to play throughout the different periods of the Avatar's history. So you'll be able to. during the period of Kyoshi and Roku back when they were the avatars, maybe you then want to play during the Hundred Years War when the Fire Nation had taken over everything and had commanded the uh, the world, or maybe you want to fight alongside and to try and take down the Fire Nation. You can even then go into the future and you can have a look at the Legend of Korra and wander around Republic City alongside her and her friends, trying to find out what's going on uh, with all the strange anti-bender sentiment that is out there, which is pretty cool. Um, As I say, the game uses the powered by the Apocalypse system which is very quick and easy to dive into it's very very simple so you decide on a move and then you roll 2d6 and you add a stat to it if you get to 10 plus you're good everything worked out fine if you're a seven to nine then you get good but with complications because everyone likes a little bit of failing forward in their role plays very mm-hmm. good stuff and then if you go six and below something goes very badly wrong um but thankfully on 2d6 the average is a seven so fingers crossed. I don't know, but (laughs) if if
1: something can go Uh, horribly wrong, the chances of it happening are 100%. (laughs) Um, Stats
2: stats within the game range from minus three up to plus three. So there's a little bit of deviance in there, which I think is pretty awesome. And I like that there's lots of more minus stuff in there too, because obviously not everyone is great at everything. And I like that, especially within the World of Avatar, sometimes actually do fail in in their endeavors.
1: So yeah. Oh yeah, steampunk stuff
2: is very big in Legend of Korra. very very cool indeed you've got like grappling hooks and all sorts of different things it's very cool Yeah.
1: yeah i tell you what there's only one character i want to play in this and anyone who's watched the show will know exactly who it is when I say this. there's
2: a joke, My Sally. cabbages! <laughs> he wants to play the cabbage, imagine. I want
1: there to a, play the My Cabbages guy, yeah. There, there is actually
2: a My Cabbages pledge, which is for uh, retailers, which is very cool. Um,
3: Amazing. Um, I think um, what's really cool about this is it does physically look like it, it's in the same universe. You find a lot yes. of stuff that goes from a TV program that they change the art style ever mm. so slightly. And the art style does kind of irk with me a little bit. And it does feel... Like an addition to the universe that you could become yeah. part of as opposed to something on the side. Um, yeah, it's nice well, that it feels yeah. thematic.
1: What you'll see happen sometimes, Free, is instead of going after like the TV license, which would be horrendously expensive, they'll you. go for like either a comic book or a graphic novel license, which is far cheaper. And then they're stuck using that art style. Mm. no no no
2: <laughs> we won't have any n- any talk of the movie in here either which
1: is, no. which is awesome. uh, anyway. well hang on Ben you just did it so minus <laughs> uh,
2: so one of the cool things about the power by the apocalypse system uh, is it uses something called um, playbooks so playbooks <laughs> are kind of like nice and easy ways for you to dive into playing a character. And they come with kind of like pre-built concepts and ideas for you to right. use when you're playing a character. So if you see something that works for the kind of character that you like playing, you mm-hmm. basically take that playbook. It has all of the stuff you need inside it. You tweak a couple of stats here and there, and it will basically give you a guide how to play that play how to play that character Sorry, when you're diving into the role-playing game. It's a really fun little addition, and it's a nice way to get people sort of stuck into the game, because a lot of people maybe are moving over from, uh, systems that they're familiar with like D and this might be a little bit different to what they've done before but it's nice to have things like the playbooks there to kind of guide you into the process which i think is really cool you can of course go beyond that and play around with all the different stats as you see fit which is nice um one of the things to mention is that obviously this is an avatar game so you can play an earth air fire or water bender i remembered them all this time <laughs> and, um, but you can also just be a normal chap if you like and you can just be helping out everyone along the way, which I think is really cool. Support uh, role. A support nice. role, yeah. And as we've seen in the, in the cartoon, in, in uh, Avatar Last Airbender, being the support role is just as important as mm-hmm. being Aang. So, yeah. Especially when he's being
1: a little whiny bastard.
2: <laughs> 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 or oh, getting
1: way too big for his boots. I'm so. the Avatar. Everything's fine. No, it's not I Just get to
3: Oof. work. I love nice. a cloth mat. Yeah, a
2: nice oh, mat. Yeah, so they have put together a whole bunch of additional bits and pieces, oh, as we're seeing here. So um, they have a set of cards that you can use to help you with your actions when you're playing the game. They've got the cloth mat that we just had before. Then you've got a, um, a set of dice that are themed to the game as well, which is really mm. nice. You've got little pouches and bags that you can use as well. So yeah, oh, really okay. awesome stuff. There's even uh, adventure books, as we're seeing there, which are tied to each of the different elements. So there's one all about the Water Nation, one all about the fire nation, one about the Earth Nation, that kind of thing as well. So if you want to go on an adventure in like Bassing, say and all that kind of thing, then you can definitely do that. Um, Avatar is very, very cool. It's an awesome world that I'm I'm loving seeing expanded in this style here, which is which is just awesome. Um, Magpie have put a lot of love and effort into this as well. And <laughs> you can see why it's so well funded. Everyone loves Avatar, I think. Um and as Jerry clicked on earlier, there is actually a um, a mm. quick start rules that you can download. So it's not just available immediately as a PDF, but basically you just got to put in your email address yeah. and they'll send you a PDF version of the, of, uh, of the rules to play around with. And it's a really really nice little quick start that gets you started with a, a fun adventure within the Fire Nation. So it's definitely
1: worth going to check out. Well, so, Ben, yes. there is no role playing in Basing, say. No,
2: no <laughs> role playing, no war. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh honestly i i think this is going to be great because it's it's such a huge ip that so many people will know it's going to bring a lot of new blood into role-playing i would say as well which is why those booklets you were talking about earlier earlier are so important because it's a first-time role player not knowing Mm -hmm. what they're doing give them a booklet that they're just like ah okay so this is how i should Mm -hmm. do this all right i'm in
2: yeah, and as I say, the power by the popular system is really good, and it's very narratively driven, so it's very much enforcing players to be like, so you do this, but why do you do this kind of thing? And I think that's really important, especially when you're diving into role-playing, uh, to try and, like, tell a bit more of a story alongside what the
1: DM's telling you as well. So, yeah. so Although, yeah, very cool stuff holy in hell, they're yeah. having to make over 51,000 copies.
2: Eh, eh, <laughs> it's books, right? Books are cheap.
1: Books, print, print, print. Uh, print. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, it's... Hey, who whoever had the idea to get that IP and get it as a role-playing game, well done you.
3: Uh, well, the thing is, is the world is so big as well, isn't it? The mm-hmm. world is huge. So there's corners upon corners that you could probably touch on. You probably wouldn't mm-hmm. see the other side of the world as oh, well. Yeah. So it's really exciting to see.
0: All about unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> not hope in space Jerry no. okay. that's it
1: yeah. aren't they making a second one of those fly, yes they
0: fly yeah, straight why yeah. mm. mm. because they can but yes. money it's, Hollywood's out it's of ideas exceptionally well funded
3: yes um, uh, it's got
0: 13 days left on it so if you want to back it join the crowd get yeah. in there uh, then you two can be a bender of your choice or a flexo if you don't want to be a bender
1: I can't be future,
0: of a joke there, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> What's up next?
3: Well, it's not completely, completely fresh content that's going off on Kickstarter. So mm. the well-known RPG Delta Green from Art Dream Publishing is taking a revisit and it's going to pull in some players of age. So there's some, and as well as some fresh meat to mm. enter the complete horror. So the newest update to Delta Green has been updated on the original release, which was originally out in 1996. So it's got Mm, new rules, fresh content, and a ridiculous amount of story and lore to completely discover. So the RPG looks at all of the conspiring mystery in the universe, which we can relate to in any paranormal circumstance. (laughs) So if you like investigating some bananas outcomes that will make Mulder and Scully go, what is this? Yeah, so you're going to want to put your tinfoil hat on for this tabletop adventure because it it could start with invasive aliens and end on Cthulhu. So you might want to give this one a look. So when going into an adventure, you'll play an agent. So you'll take on a role embedded into this workplace, Delta Green. So as I said, like kind of think Mulder and Scully, Delta Green's not an ordinary government unit. It's a team of investigators and placed in some weird and wonderful and unexplained events that could truly be anything. So unnatural beings on the planet, taking down threats and looking at missions and investigating things that should not be there in both space and time as well. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot coming from this. There's a good through pledges as well. If you do want to get involved, there's the already established campaign. So you can get yourself the PDF copy as well for just literally as little as 15 quid. So if you do want that one, that's sent over. But if you do like big Big books and, and real lovely hardbacks and stuff. One uh, you can get that, um, and it, for a, a twenty nine uh, quid roughly, 29, 27 pounds, as well mm. as some of the scenario stories and extra missions you can get as well. But if you did really really want everything uh, there is a pledge that goes up to I think it was about 219 pounds that gives you absolutely everything with repeat the books uh the extra stuff here and there as well so it's got 21 days left it was funded within days and I can imagine it mm. would have been because people have been playing this since well 1996 uh, you've had a go haven't you Jerry theory yeah
0: yeah it's worth bearing in mind that they've got that wrong where they say 25 years, because as we know, the 90s were only a decade ago. <laughs> um, but Delta Green was, it was licensed out from Chaosium uh, to Pagan Publishing. The source book for Delta Green is bigger than the core rule book. Wow. That's a supplement <laughs> for uh, So this really did uh, bring it to a whole new level, whereas people have been used to playing um, against the forces of, of the mythos creatures and their cultists in the 1920s and in gaslight, uh, when you get to the modern day. So when you're playing in the nineties, it it really lent into the, not just the X-Files side of things, but also I suppose dark skies as well, um, where shadowy government organizations know what's going on and they don't want other people knowing what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it bridges the gap very nicely between, um, Cthulhu, hello, Nathanael Um <laughs> Between Cthulhu and and sort of modern day, because when you play the original, C O C, you're always playing uh, people up against magic and mystery and monsters, and that's how science views them at that time. They're not, yeah. they're not right. When you pull it into the nineties, you know, there's that phrase, uh, "magic." Any any sufficiently advanced science looks like magic to the of course. You know, people who don't know what's going on. And so you've got that. You've also got Cthulhu entities, which are all from beyond the stars. They're, none of them are really monsters in a horror or supernatural idea. They are civilizations and races from all That's over the place. So... so it just makes sense that when you bring it into the 90s, it's more a X-Files, Dark Skies style yeah. of thing yeah. than, you know, worrying about magic say, and occult. Um, yeah. Because, you know, Yetian time streamers are terrible triangular gates regardless of where they're from. And just because they're trying to put people's brains in a jar doesn't mean Migo aren't monsters. They're just aliens (laughs) from, you know, Mars. Uh, And it's sticking people's heads in there. So it's great to see it getting a new lease of life um, and getting a shiny new book. I wonder how much of it they're going to update because as they said, it's a reprint um, with, with a shiny cover.
3: Fresh artwork, fresh rolls, fresh so, content. Yes. So fresh artwork. But the, I do like how you say that because obviously in, mm. in real time talking real, real talk, um, mm. I just, it, electricity one day was magic to us, you know, yeah. and it's nice that it's taking that outlook of realism and saying, okay, it's something we don't understand. It's something that we can't fathom. Therefore it is science that we need to discover more as opposed to, wow, magic, shiny fantasy yeah. universe. It's a different take. I like that a lot, but
0: yeah. I always it, remember anytime you meet anybody from majestic 12, shoot them in the head. Come <laughs> wait.
3: Now there's one thing I noticed scrolling
1: through this earlier. There hmm. is a free download for a quick start hmm. setup. Yeah. Life. So, if, if anyone actually wants to take a little blat at it before they dive into the Kickstarter or have a little look at what the system looks like, yeah. that is there for you, which I think is a really nice thing to have on a Kickstarter mm-hmm. like this.
0: Yeah. 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 It's. Delta it's, Green need to know. It's, uh, well, as long as they haven't changed it. Don't change it. (laughs) Well, they do
3: say clearly that it's been updated, doesn't mean change. So, updated rules, updated are,
0: you know. It depends what they're going to do. Um, Call of Cthulhu has remained pretty much exactly as it was for 40 years because it's a system Mm. that doesn't need to be changed. With Seventh, they added an additional D100 to your role for reasons best known to themselves that I dislike (laughs) as a GM because it means you can't really calculate. Um, probabilities as easily. If I tell somebody they've got to roll 50 or less, then you know it's it's a 50-50, it's a half. They'll either get it or they won't. It's fairly binary. The minute I go, it's 50 or less, roll an extra D100 uh, and then choose or maybe it's negative and you have to pick the lowest, maybe it's positive and you have to pick the highest and then you have to start working on statistical probabilities of dice rolling in your head. <laughs> That's annoying.
3: Yes. That should have never been
0: added. And <laughs> no. they added that just to make it different. Of oh, course, I hate you, Seventh Edition. But
1: if we ever play Cthulhu we're playing 6th
3: Ah, yeah, that must be. I, the case.
0: I, I have first to six up there. I don't care which. No, um, no. Anything from second onwards, when they started adding point 0. zero or sorry, point one percent in to everything, um, so that you always have a chance is fine that's only the that's the biggest change they made and that's all i really care about so i imagine if they've updated it maybe it's updated for seventh to keep it in line yeah. uh, or maybe they've just tidied it up a little bit and done that but there's also um delta green rpg bundle as well mm-hmm. nice. which is running in conjunction with this
1: mm-hmm. yes yeah, it's, it's only
3: at those prices while the kickstarter is running i believe yeah So it's while the Kickstarter is on, but there are also a bunch of like digital and physical stretch goals as well on the campaign. Mm. You can add including some like classic towers that were there before that have just been updated and added Mm. to the stretch goals as well. So some of the initial missions were off time um, have now been added to stretch goals and updated. So they probably won't be going for retail if they're going to be Mm. a stretch goal. So it's a nice way to get your hands on some uh, extra Mm.
0: content. Cool. And I see they're even donating some of the uh, 10% of each payment is going to pandemic-related charity directly. That's cool. Yeah, that's quite nice.
4: Yeah. It's probably
0: a good way to do it, especially at this moment in time, uh, because we can't be entirely certain that Delta Green are not responsible for most of what they have to deal with. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, that, 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 that one deal cell that one guy had one job, which was to lock the deal cell, didn't lock the deal cell, and it got out.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do say G- that. Yeah. It's more likely that that one guy had one job and that was to unlock that jail cell and release that man <laughs> into uh-huh. the population to see what was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime just, you meet Majestic 12, shit him in the head.
3: <laughs> Delta Green are just hiding in plain sight, aren't they? That's
0: yeah. Weird. Oh, they always have been. They always will be. Yeah. But again, well-funded and it has...
3: 21 days. 21 each.
0: days left. Three oh, nice. whole shiny weeks for the 25th, brackets, 10th anniversary edition of Delta Green. So yeah, fantastic stuff. I will look forward to seeing how they go. I may have to pick up a copy of Delta because I didn't, I didn't buy it the first time around because a friend had it. I didn't. Nice. But enough of that. We are going to move on for we've reached the end of this week's show. Anything of interest to you guys, please join the conversation below. If you are interested in helping us get to our 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Click away. We're only about 800 short at the moment, and you can yep. win a copy of Kill Team Octarius. Yeah. That'll be exciting. And if you're not fed up with our talking, then you can come and join us for the XLBS show on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. where the four of us will be sitting down and waffling about hobby. I think we have a topic that uh, has been teased this week by young mm-hmm. Ben. So i <laughs> will be interesting to see what we come up with there. But until then, we're going to move on. Enjoy your weekend. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to
4: click it. Go on.